0: Father, this morning we uh, we want to quiet our hearts we want to quiet our minds we want to come into your presence as we look at your word we want to come to your word with humility Father, there are things we don't understand I pray that you will open our hearts and our minds there are things that we don't uh, it's not clear, I pray that you will help us understand your word I pray that you will direct our parts especially in this area of understanding and discerning your word teachers we're here to learn from you in Jesus name I pray amen so like I said today we are going to talk about discerning God's will and today uh, my my title is discerning God's will leads to clarity in decision-making Okay, and that's one of the things that we always struggle how how can I be clear how can I be sure of my decisions Uh, but when you begin to discern God's will it leads to clarity When you rest in his sovereign will and when you submit to his revealed will, it leads to confidence, right? When you're trusting God that he controls your life, he is uh, over your life, he is sovereign, he is leading uh, you, uh, and then you submit to what he has revealed to you in scripture, you you are confident. When you make decisions, you can be confident, right? The lack of confidence is because either I'm not trusting him, right, I, I doubt him, Or I'm not obeying him in what he has revealed. This lack of confidence immediately. Uh, So today we are looking at discerning. How do we discern God's will? When I I begin to discern his will, it it gives me clarity. Clarity in decision making. Now, the question uh, that we probably, you were left with last week was, uh, uh, yes, I understand these things. I understand the sovereign will of God over my life. I understand God's revealed will. But when it comes to making a decision, if i need to make a decision if i need to choose an option if i if i need to make a decision in two days if i need to make a decision in a week if i if i need to make a decision that is going to determine the direction of my future how do i decide what do i choose right whether to leave a job or stay in a job whether to say yes to an opportunity or or to say no to an opportunity whether to do what my parents are saying or whether to do what i feel like i should be doing whether I need to study more or I need to stop studying and maybe find a job, whether I have to write this exam or do not not write this exam, whether I have to go abroad or not go abroad or move to another city, we have all these choices in life, all these decisions. So when it comes to decision making, how do we decide? Right, so we're going to talk about something very practical. And again, as we begin to think about this, we're talking about non-moral decisions, right? If there's something that's ethical, if something that's moral, Right. it is clear, it is revealed word there is no debate about it when God has spoken about it in his word you don't have to think about it you don't have to really ask someone should I, should I lie, is that, is that okay can I lie in this should I, should I do these things or not there is no question about it so when we are talking about decisions we are talking about non-ethical, non-moral decisions right? because all those decisions are clear it is only a lot of these decisions that are non-moral, non-ethical are not clear and the Bible doesn't give a clear direction of who do i marry, what job to take, what stream to take. The Bible doesn't talk about these things right? clearly, right? So does God help us in decision-making? Does God really help us? Yes, God helps us in making decisions. God does not reveal your future, right? And I want to be very clear. If that is what we want, and a lot of times that's what we want. We want God to tell us, Tell me, right? If I choose this, God, please tell me my life will be okay. If I choose this option, please tell me I will not suffer. Or if I choose this option, please tell me I'll be successful. We want God to tell us those kinds of things and he will never tell you those things. He says, you trust me. You submit to me and make a decision. God is not going to reveal the future, but God guides us. There is guidance available. God guides us to discern his will. When you seek his guidance, he guides. And when he guides you, you trust and you obey. All right, let's look at a few quick passages about God's guidance, Psalm 32, Psalm 32, eight. It says, I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you with my eye upon you. Right, it's amazing, and, I, and I've and i heard this uh, uh, story, uh, and I we've all seen this, if you're a parent, you do that, right? If you want to get the attention of your child, right? If you want to get your attention of the child, you can direct the child just with your eye. Just look at the child, right? And some of us have these big eyes. We are able to, just by looking at your son or daughter, you're able to tell stop smiling, sit down, <laughs> move <laughs> away. You can direct just with your eye. It's amazing how scripture, God says, God, God I'll counsel you with my apostle. He has His eyes upon us and He counsels us and he instructs us. Isaiah 30, 21. Isaiah 30, 21. It says, And your ears shall hear a word behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it when you turn to the right or when you turn to the left. God guides. God guides. Psalm 31, 3. For you are my rock and my fortress and for your name's sake you lead me and you guide me. Right? God guides us. My friends, you have the tremendous wisdom and the power of god available for you in guidance so the question you might have and, and sometimes when you're growing up you feel like why doesn't god just tell us why can't he just tell us right? it's much more easier and if he just tells me what to do but my friend as we look at scripture god's desire is not for you to just be a person of choosing options it's that's not god's desire God's desire is not for you to do right and wrong, right and wrong. That's not God's desire. God's desire is that you reflect his, his image, you reflect his character, you love him, you are holy. And you are making, trust me, Revealing the future for you is not going to help you. It's never going to help you. And we talked about this in our group. If Deepa had known everything about me when she married me when I was 26 and she, if she knew I'm going to have a mustache for my wedding, she would not have said yes. Right? There's no way. Even today, we look at it and some of you blackmail me with the pictures. Even today, we look at the picture, we regret it. If she had known, this is what I am. This is the kind of crazy stuff I would do on my wedding day. She would have said, no, this is not the guy." Right? Sometimes we think if we know, if we know, it's easy. It is never easy. Knowledge is not going to make things easier. God is not going to just reveal things for you. But God wants you to know him so well that you can actually make these wise decisions. Think about this. Sanjay is five years and he wants to watch his iPad and he comes and asks me. He says, Daddy, can I watch my iPad? And I decide for him if he wants to watch his iPad, whether he's done his homework, whether it's his nap time, whether he needs to eat. He's five. I'm able to decide for him. Let's say he is 20 years old, right? And he still is asking me, Daddy, can I watch iPad today? <laughs> No, by then hopefully he's becoming a wise young man. He understands if he's got exams coming up, or he needs to go out, or he's got work to do, or he's got something else to do. He needs to decide for himself. Hopefully, he will make wise choices when he grows up. Not keep asking me every time, should I do this, should I do that? You see what I'm saying? God wants us to grow in wisdom. So discerning God's will. We're gonna look at three broad areas. Okay, three broad areas. We're gonna look at Caution. I'm gonna give you some cautions in decision in discerning God's will. We're gonna look at some obstacles when we discern God's will. And finally we look at the process. What is the process? Okay, we're gonna hopefully move fast. You will understand why. We're gonna move fast, all right? Caution in decision making, obstacles in decision making, and finally the process. All right, firstly, let's look at caution. I've got five cautions for you. Okay, five cautions, and I've seen this in my in my limited life and experience i've seen people mess these things up they mess it up and they wreck decisions they wreck their life simply because of these cautions these are caution you've got to be cautious of this my young friend be cautious of these things first one first caution looking for the miraculous okay looking for the miraculous when balaam if you if you understand the Old Testament a little bit, Balaam uh, is a is a prophet and and he is actually uh, moving in a direction that is contrary to God's will. Okay, he's moving in a direction that uh, that is not according to God's purposes, and he and he's moving in that direction. And suddenly, the donkey speaks. It's a fabulous passage. The donkey begins to speak and warn him, right, not to move in that direction. And sometimes we are we are constantly looking for these things. We want. Things like this to happen we want signs to emerge we want God to speak to us directly and we, we we want all these extraordinary unusual things to happen so I want to caution you right yes God does the miraculous God can do whatever He want but that is not the normal way he does even with the Apostles that's not the normal way he worked right? so stop looking for signs stop looking for the miraculous every time stop looking for the extraordinary stop stop looking for these sounds and voices and numbers and time and stop looking for all these things be very cautious and I'm going to tell you even if you get a sign if you feel like it's a sign I'm going to tell you how to process that but but you've got to be cautious be cautious you tracking me but I mean I and I, can, I need to I need to you need to understand right when i when i left the u.s and when i was 21 and i decided to get into ministry right i was earning more than my dad i don't know if you understand this. i was earning more than my dad i was working 20 hours part time earning more than my dad right? i knew god was calling me to ministry i gave up that when i was 21. i got married when i was 26 went back to the u.s came to delhi started this church plan but i've never had a sign i've never had any voice in Okay? so my young friend don't look for the miraculous secondly second caution second caution looking for open doors you heard the door praise open door god has opened a door open some door open a window so you can jump out <laughs> an open door is simply an open door it is, does not mean anything are you, are you tracking me a closed door is also a closed door it doesn't mean anything it could mean something, but it doesn't mean what we want it to mean. Right? And it's a funny incident where this person is uh, uh, studied hard and they go to the exam hall and they are looking at the question paper, they are answering the question and suddenly they, they forget one particular formula, they forget one particular answer. They're like, God, oh God, please show me the answer, please help me understand. And there it is, the answer is there. Where? In your neighbor's answer. <laughs> <laughs> Open door. Open, God, oh, amazing, God. Maybe this is him, this is his way. God wants me to just do this, right? Open doors don't mean it is God's will. Please understand that. Don't use the phrase open door always. Yeah, I understand when we use the word open door, but open door does not mean God's will. A closed door does not mean it is not God's will, right? An open door might mean run from it. You understand? A closed door might even mean wait. Right? Move with caution. Maybe you need to pray a little more. Maybe you need to persevere a little more. So be cautious with open doors. Right? Be cautious. And again, I, 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 I'm going to share from my life. Right? When I resigned from my previous um, pastoral duty in 2017, I resigned. The very next day I got a call. right? From a friend in Dubai. He called. He said, hey, I want you to come and pastor the church everything is ready very next day even he called me he said Ranjit I know this is not the right time to call you but we would love for you to come open door everything is set open door you see what I'm saying it's not a bad decision Dubai is definitely better than Delhi but you need to discern these things you need to discern the open door doesn't mean anything right thirdly third caution looking for a fleece looking for a fleece Okay? Again, if you're not familiar with the, the idea of what fleas is, it's, it's actually from the passage in Gideon, where Gideon is, uh, God calls Gideon to do something, and uh, uh, Gideon is not sure. Gideon is doubting God, and this is what he says in Judges chapter 6. He says, "If I know you will save me if you do this for me, right? And he, and he takes this uh, wool, right? And he takes this wool and he says, God, uh, out, and in the morning when I wake up, if the wool is wet with dew, but everywhere else it is dry. Then I will know that you will truly save us. In this battle, they're actually going into a battle. He says, then I will know you will truly save me, right? Save us. And then he wakes up in the morning and he finds this wool soaking with water. It's dry everywhere. It's not even mild dew, right? It's not like the dew on the grass. It's soaking and he, and he squeezes it and he gets a bowl full of water, right? God wanted him to be absolutely sure of what he's doing. Then he goes back, he says, oh, God, it's amazing, but don't be angry. This is what he says, <laughs> God, don't be angry, God, please don't be angry with me. I'm going to test you one more time. He uses the word in scripture. Uh, I'm going to put a fleece out and at this time I want the fleece to be dry, but everywhere else I want it to be wet, okay? And the next morning it happens that way. So some of us, we think that is actually telling us how to behave as a Christian, right? friends a lot of times in scripture it describes what people did it doesn't prescribe your living this is you you see this with other parts of scripture this is one of the most foolish things god still wanted to accomplish something with gideon and god is patient with gideon and his stupidity god still says you know what i'm gonna i'm gonna do this right but that doesn't mean we all have to be careful of fleas mentality be careful of this. Uh, the Bible says in Matthew 4, 7, Jesus says, you shall not put the Lord God to test. This kind of fleece mentality is testing God. Like, don't test God. This idea that I will know this is your will if this happens. I know this is your will if the train is delayed. Then that means I won't go to the exam. I know if this is the person. If they wear this kind of particular dress, or I know this is... Do not do not go into those things. Be God. Looking for a fleece. Fourthly, looking for random verses. Okay, looking for random verses. This person uh, was planning to get married and he was considering whether this is the person to get married to. Then he comes to Genesis 24. He's reading, he's reading Genesis 24. And in Genesis 24, Isaac married Rebecca, Became She became his, he, uh, his wife and he loved her. So he took that verse and he said, maybe God wants me to marry this person and he marries this person maybe god wanted you to marry the person but that's not the verse that verse is talking about isaac and rebecca so do not pick random verses like that to justify your decision you're talking me you've got to be extremely careful be extremely cautious the bible is not talking specifically about what job to choose right who to marry that the bible doesn't so you've got to be careful the bible god guides us through his word we're going to talk about it be very careful of taking the Bible out of context to justify what you want to do. Okay. My last caution. My last caution is looking for peace. This might sound controversial for you, but I want you to stick with me, right? Looking for peace. you always look for peace. We want peace. We want peace. God give you peace, right? Gotta be careful with this, right? Basing your decision on feelings and impressions in gut. Don't base your decision. Don't base God's will based on how you feel. Right? I feel peace. Oh, yeah, that's good. I'm glad you feel peace. But if you don't feel peace, doesn't mean it's not God's will. Right? In Gethsemane, Jesus is standing in front of the cross. You think he had? No, he was sweating blood. Oh man, he was crying out. Does that mean it's not God's will? No. Right. So this idea that somehow peace is because of my circumstances and things aligned. Peace comes because you trust God. You trust God and you gain peace. Not because how things work out. Right? Sometimes things might work out, it might make you anxious, it might make you worried. But that doesn't mean it's not God's will. Right. And a simple example is if you're getting married and usually hear this term cold feet. Right? During the wedding day, the, this, is what I, this is what I feel, right? The bride is busy organizing the wedding. It's a beautiful day. The groom is jobless usually, right? The groom is just, <laughs> this is the problem, right? I didn't know what to do on my wedding day. So the groom is just jobless. So the groom, what happens? They get cold feet. You need really to give them a job, right? We need to change the way weddings are done, right? So the groom gets a little <laughs> cold feet, right? So just because you are getting cold feet the day before wedding, doesn't mean it's not God's. No, my friend. You, you see what I'm saying? Right? you got to be careful with peace you got to be careful right and sometimes God wants us through some of these things and it is true I'm not saying it is in heart but don't put all your uh, indication on one piece don't put all that you've got other ways to discern right you've got other ways to discern okay so God, does God do the miracles? yes God does God open doors yes uh, God, does God speak through his yes and all these things but you've got to be cautious be cautious. All right. second big category second big category obstacles all right obstacles obstacles to discerning god's world right first obstacle first obstacle is sin sin and i want you to be careful with this right isaiah 59 2 isaiah 59 2 it says but your iniquities have made a separation between you and your god and your sins have hidden his face from you so that he does not hear right please understand living in sin we talked about this you trust god's sovereign will you submit to god's real will if you're living in sin if you're engaging in sin if you're disobeying god willfully if you're moving in a direction that is contrary to his word His will is going to be confusing, my friend. You are not doing his will what he has revealed for you. Why would you want to know something about his future? Sin, there is no small sin. There is no big sin. There is no, you might see it's not a big deal. There's nothing. There is no harm with this. Nobody knows this. God forgives anyway. But I want you to know something about sin. Sin enslaves you. Sin blinds reality. You are not able to see reality clearly. Sin deafens your ears to God's voice. Sin darkens your path. Sin hardens your heart before God. Sin dulls your conscience. So, living and engaging in sin, you might be like, what do I do? What do I do now? You repent and you submit to God. You repent. Stop engaging in sin. Stop living in sin. Like, don't linger. Don't delay. Repent today of your sin. If you want to understand God's will for your life, you repent and you obey him in that area. So sin is an obstacle. Right? Secondly, second is self-will. Self-will. James 4.6. James 4.6 says, God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. And I remember I was uh, studying, uh, when I was studying, I was in Auburn, and um, uh, the next big city was Atlanta. There was two two hours from Auburn. And uh, during one weekend, me and my friends, I was driving the car, we went to Atlanta to do some Indian grocery shopping and all these things, had a nice day. <laughs> and then we had to come back, right? Uh, and, and my friends were all sleeping in the car, and I, we, I had to drive it back. and I, I don't like to ask for directions, especially in the US. You can't ask This is pre. Right? This was like 2000. This pre GPS and pre whatever Google and all these things. Uh, I drove the car in the wrong direction for one hour simply because I didn't want to ask for. I didn't want to. I don't want to ask anybody. I'm, I was very confident. I'm like, I'll figure it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This, this, it all seems similar. It's all same, right? you know one hour. I drove in the wrong. friends some of us some of us are so strong some of us we're so proud some of us are very selfish right we don't want to ask God for guidance. We don't want to ask. We want to make our own way. We want to make our own mind. We sometimes think asking is weakness so we don't ask. Sometimes our ego gets in the way. Some of us struggle to accept advice because we think we are right. My friend, this kind of a personality, this kind of a behavior is an obstacle to God's will. Sin is an obstacle. Self-will is an obstacle. Thirdly, thirdly ignorance of god's word ignorance of god's word hosea 4 6 hosea 4 6 it says my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge because you have rejected knowledge my friend if you don't know his word you cannot discern his word. if you don't know his word his word reveals god's heart his word reveals what pleases god it reveals his purposes it reveals his commands and if i am not familiar with this word i'm ignorant it is an obstacle to really discern his word. Fourthly, listening to wrong counsel listening to wrong counsel a couple of stories that came to mind one is in first kings 12 rehoboam is the son of solomon and when solomon dies people ask rehoboam uh, to become the king, and they come and request something from him. They say, Rehoboam, uh, Solomon was very strict with us in terms of taxes and in terms of workload and all these things. Uh, we want you to ease up. We want you to be a king who's kinder to us, right? We will follow you, right? We will follow you as king. Help us, right? Rehoboam decides to listen to his friends. Right? And he comes back and he says, if you think my my father was strict, I'm going to deal with you with scorpions. Right? I'm going to be even more strict. And it became a disaster. Right? Wrong counsel. Wrong counsel. We see again in 2 Samuel chapter 13, Amnon is a young man and he loves this uh, woman called Tamar. Now Tamar is Absalom's sister uh, and Am- Amnon uh, is David's son and he, he loves Absalom's sister. Uh, and he uh, wants to marry her and it's, he's sick of what He's just sick with love. He doesn't know what to do. He's not able to eat. He's not able to... Uh, it seems like a Bollywood movie. It seems like our life sometimes. right? He, he's not able to eat. He's not able to sleep. He, he's fe- feeling sick. Oh, I'm, so, I'm in love. Right? And then he asks his friend. He says, what do I do? And his friend tells him an advice. And his friend tells him, you act like you're sick. You ask... Uh, Tamar asked the king to send Tamar to give you the soup and then you can express your body. Disaster. Disaster. One of the saddest passages in scripture. Disaster. You've got to be extremely careful. Do not succumb to listening to wrong counsel. Okay. Fifth, last one in the obstacles doubt. Fifth one is doubt. Proverbs. 3 verses 5 to 6. I'm going to read just verse 5. It says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean on your understanding. This idea that the call of scripture is to trust. Trust God. Trust God. My friend, if you are not able to trust God, if, you, if you're not able to trust in his goodness, in his character, if you're not able to trust that God is a loving father who is in control of your life, he sovereignly directs you, he controls it. If you're not able to trust him, my friend, you will struggle to dishonest You will struggle to obey him. You will struggle to hear from him. And you'll be like, why is this happening? Why is it? All these questions will come because you're simply not able to trust. Here are all your obstacles. Sin, sin is an obstacle. Self-will is an obstacle. Ignorance to God's word is an obstacle. Listening to wrong counsel and doubt. is okay, right? I've got to say this. So we gotta, we gotta do this. Right? Because again, in my experience, and I've seen sometimes we mess this up, we mess this up, right? We mess this up a lot. Right? Be very careful. Be careful of the caution. Right? Write this down somewhere. If you're counseling somebody, if you're talking to somebody. Go to this list, you'll know. Even when you're deciding, go to this list, right? All right, lastly, we're going to camp on how what is the process? How do we now discern God's will? That's the question. How do we discern God's will? Right? We talked about cautions, we talked about obstacles. The question is, how do we discern? Is there a biblical way? My friend, there is a biblical way, it is a simple way. It is a simple way. This is not like a horoscope. This is not like uh, this uh, some kind of crystal ball. No, but it is a simple way. God does not reveal the future, but God guides you. God guides you in decision making. Most decisions are not clear cut. Decisions about your work, decisions about relationships, decisions about life, decisions about money, decisions about the future of your children. It may not be clear cut, but God guides you. God guides you. Right? How does God guide you? Firstly, god guides you through prayer god guides you when you pray okay when you pray that seems very obvious but you're wondering i was wondering you're wondering if god if god does not reveal my future because god is not going to tell me what to do then what am i praying for because most times we end up you know what we end up praying god tell me god tell me right see if i'm not going to ask him for what he needs to reveal what am I praying for? What am I supposed to pray? What am I supposed to ask? Right? Pray. This is what you pray for. When you are asking God to discern his will, you pray for illumination. Right? You pray saying, God, open my heart. Open my heart and open my mind to what you have. Pray for illumination. Pray for illumination for, to understand God's word, to apply God's word. Pray for wisdom. This is something you pray for. Pray that God will give you wisdom to decide. Pray for grace to trust and obey God. Pray for your heart. Pray that your heart will be humble and teachable. Oh, that you will not be wise in your own eyes. You will not be proud. You, your ego will not clash. Pray for some of these obstacles. Pray for your sin. Pray that God, help me. Help me be full of wisdom. Pray for your heart. Pray that you'll be humble and teachable. Pray for discernment. God, there are options. Help me to discern. Pray for discernment. Pray submitting your will to God's will. Pray to say, God, I want to submit my will. I know I have all these desires, but I submit my will. I come before you with a posture of humility. This is what you pray for. You don't pray asking, tell me what to do. Tell me what to do. God will guide you. God will guide you. But you pray. Not show me what to do, but show me how to submit. Oh, show me where to submit. Show me how to trust and where to trust you. You can pray, but you can pray by worshiping God. When you worship God, you recognize He's sovereign in His control. When you're worshiping, when you sing, when you come together as the children of God, we sing, we confess, we proclaim our faith through songs. You worship Him, you pray through worship. You pray in repentance when you're convicted of disobedience, when you're convicted of certain things in your life, when you're convicted of your lack of trust, you repent and you pray. You pray thanking God in all circumstances. In all circumstances, not when the outcome comes, not when things are favorable, no, much before that. You see, you pray, thanking God for his guidance, thanking God that he is sovereignly in control. No matter what happens after this, he is sovereignly in control and you thank him. Thank you in all circumstances. God guides us through prayer. It's not rocket science. But but have you have you thought about this? How often we actually pray? And if we pray, it is probably two minutes before the decision. Right? God, show me show me god come on 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 what should, what should right? we, are, we are impatient right we are, we are angry and sometimes we get upset god is not showing me what is the sign uh, so sometimes we uh, we want him to show immediately and we go to prayer as the last option my friend prayer prayer shows your dependence on god you want to know his will you, you want to know his will you depend on him. it is his will it is god's will that you're discerning it is not your will right you want to know his will you come to him in prayer you come to him in prayer prayer shows dependence on god prayer reveals what you trust it reveals what you trust you die. i as a pastor can keep claiming all along that i trust god but my prayer life shows what Prayer shows my humility. I I recognize humility. Prayer reveals a lot of these things. You pray. But a lack of that, this this idea of being upset, this idea of being angry, this idea of being impatient shows lack of prayer. Okay? Prayer. Prayer. God guides us through prayer. Secondly. Second process to discern His will. God guides us through His word. God guides us through so my, my friends, this is the thing. Nothing else. This is the thing. God guides us through his word. And again, the question you might come is if, if God does not clearly show me what to decide, how does he guide me through his word? If God doesn't reveal his future through the pages of scripture, I wish I could just open the scripture and it will tell me, right? Chapter 3, verse 5, take this job. Chapter 10, verse 2, marry this person. Take the stream. I, I wish I could just open uh, it's easy that way, right? But no, it doesn't happen that way. God doesn't reveal the future like that. The Bible is not like a horoscope kind of a book, right? But how does God guide us using his word? How does he guide us? God guides us in terms of the situation itself. God's word, my friend, do you do you know God's word speaks about your situation? If you think about marriage, God's word speaks about marriage. You learn what God has to say about marriage before you marry. If you want to take a job, you're looking for a job, God's word speaks about work. You learn about what God's word says about work. You're trying to make friends, God's word speaks about friends. You want to think about money and investing and saving, God's word speaks about it. You learn what God's word speaks about your situation. Right? So when you study his word, when you ponder his word, when you meditate his word, when you come to his word for direction, to discern his will, you God's word reveals things about your situation. God's word not only speaks about the situation, God's word speaks about your anxieties. God's word speaks about why you're anxious and that you should not be anxious. Matthew 6 says, don't be anxious. And I remember when I was when i was 19 when i was 20 when i was thinking about ministry right again i want you to understand my context a little bit right I, I was the first in my family to go to the us it was a big deal there were like 40 people who came to the airport in chennai they put a garland they were all clapping hands for me <laughs> hey, very good he's going he's going so yeah i am happy. I went to the states it's a great time i loved it i loved it i loved everything about it right i still remember the first the first picture i sent home was uh, my refrigerator right <laughs> i used to go to this uh, place called walmart now walmart is in they're coming into india so you have this super center there was a super center of walmart that came into auburn first time so we we would go there in the middle of the night only indians shopping in the middle of the night it's 24 hours (laughs) you love indians nowhere to go push the trolley in walmart right they're all going Uh, and we would buy these things and i i would buy all kinds of stuff right this this great value and again great value sweet tea this is the worst sweetest sweetie you can find, right? a Great Valley. I would fill my refrigerator with that. Donuts, right? Pecan pies. Ice creams. Sandwich ice cream, right? All the full of junk food, right? And I would take a picture. I would send it to my mom. I said, this is America. This is, <laughs> this is what I'm eating. Oh, this is beautiful, right? I loved it. I loved it. But, but during that time, I would go to this church and God was powerfully speaking. Like God was just, he was speaking to me two years, two years. And I I would just love, I I was reading his word. I was praying, I was thinking, God, what what is it? What is it? What do you want me to do in life, right? And when it was clear, right? I I knew God was calling me into ministry. I knew, 20 years old, I knew this is my direction. I knew I need to give up the US, come back to India. I had no idea, right? The organization I was joining, they paid me 2,000 rupees. My phone bill was five thousand rupees, right? This is what I. This is what. This is the future I had for me, and I was sitting in the U.S. and I would be thinking, God, is this, this going to happen? What is going to happen in my life? Is, is some? Will I wear the clothes I'm wearing here? Simple questions as a twenty-year-old. Will I? Will I get good clothes to wear, right? Will I? Will I eat this food that I'm eating? Will I get to eat food like this? Will anybody marry me, right? If you're in the U.S., at least in the South, right? U, they say, US, US, mobler, right? U.S. <laughs> group. US groom, groom from the US. Oh, the people will be happy to send their girls and want to marry, right? At least US return. If I come back and join Infosys, they'll be like, okay, he's from the US, US return. Okay, maybe he didn't work out there, maybe <laughs> US return. All right, we'll get him married to so and so, right? If you come back and then you join ministry in India, I'm like, you, oh, I don't think anybody wants to marry that kind of nutcase, right? I'm like, I will get married. What's going to marry you? As a 20-year-old, I was anxious. I was anxious. I said, God, I understand you're calling me. I don't know. And God spoke to me through Matthew 6. It was powerful. And I would read this. I would go to this botanical garden in, in Auburn. I would sit in this beautiful place. In this, It's a nice bridge with a, with a bench and this beautiful lake in front. And I would sit there and I would open this word. And I would sing this song. And I'm terrible at singing. I would sing this one song. As the deer pants for the water, Lord, I thank you. And I would sing it again and again. And I would open scripture and Matthew 6. God, God is speaking to me, saying, Hey, look at the lilies. Matthew 6. God says, Solomon in all his glory, Solomon is the superpower of the world at that time. He's the most wealthiest person, full of he's got everything: gold, silver, whatever you name it. Solomon, in all his glory, cannot clothe the lily like this. God says, I will clothe you. will take care of you and then he says look at the sparrow nobody cares about the sparrow sparrows are just flying here and there right i feed the sparrow if i can feed the sparrow i will feed you my friend god speaks to our anxiety he speaks to our fear you know isaiah 41 10 it says fear not i am with you and when i read his word i begin to encounter my fear i begin to encounter my anxiety what am i afraid of what am i anxious of god speaks to me about it god doesn't tell me what to do right but god speaks to me about my situation god speaks to me about my heart idol about my heart idols, first John 2.15. And I love this verse. Then I would memorize this verse. I would sing this verse. First John 2.15 it says, Do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Everything in the world passes away. But the man who does the will of God lives forever. God speaks to you, and I would say, God was asking me, What do you trust? What do you trust? What are you depending on? What is ruling your heart? What is controlling your decision? What do you fear the most? These are the things that God speaks to you. Not about what to do. God speaks to you. When you pray, when you read his word, God speaks to you. God guides you through his word. God's will never contradicts his word. Right, when we say, so when I say God speaks to me, this is what people mean. Not what to choose. You're tracking me? God speaks to me. God guides us through prayer. God guides us through his word. Lastly, God guides us through counsel from his people. And I'm going to focus on this a little bit. I'm going to emphasize this. God can speak to you through prayer. God can speak to you through his word. But he will confirm it through his people. Do not, do not. Right? Do, do, do not get into a place where you are not listening to the counsel of his people. This is a legitimate way God has allowed for us to discern his well. Right, Prayer and word, but it is always confirmed by counsel. How do you know not, how do you are know not misled? Misinterpreting scripture. How do you know you are you're, you're praying and you feel something? How do you know you are not blinded by it? When you're confused, you ask someone who is not confused. And my young friend, I want to urge you, urge you, ask, ask somebody. Proverbs 12, 15 says, the way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but a wise man listens to counsel. A wise person listens to counsel. Proverbs 19, 20 says, listen to advice and accept instruction That you may gain wisdom in the future. You want to make wise decisions. You want to discern God's will. You pray. You read his word. You ask for counsel. Ask for counsel. Do not limit your life without asking for counsel. Do not assume God has spoken to you without asking for counsel. And there's reasons why we avoid counsel. Have you thought about it? Do you know why we avoid counsel? We're all naughty, we've be all been there. What if we avoid counsel? I, don't want, to I don't want to listen. You know why I don't ask counsel from my dad? Because I know what he will tell me. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Yeah, we, we know what certain people will tell, so we will never approach them. We know what they'll tell. Uh, you know, Ranjit will always keep saying this. Right? We don't want to. Don't know. My mommy always says, it. we don't. Be careful. If you're a person who is avoiding certain kinds of counsel because somebody, it's a red flag. It's a red flag. You gotta be careful. I'm not saying you have to listen to everything. I'm saying it's a red flag. If you are avoiding counsel in some way, if your mom is saying this again and again, if your dad is saying something again, maybe there's some truth to it. Counsel. Another reason, another big thing I've seen why we, how we shut down counsel is when we use this phrase, God told me. Okay? We use this phrase a lot. God told me. you got to be extremely careful. Extremely careful. When you tell me God told me, I'm going to hang you on the tree <laughs> with you. God told me. Right? Don't use that phrase God told me. You're like, I mean, everybody, I don't know, everybody. You gotta. Be very careful. I'm, I'm going to explain to you why. Right? I'm going to explain to you. I'm gonna explain to you. And it it isn't You you don't use those phrases. You say, God let me. I sense God leading me. These are the phrases you use. You never use God told me. If you use the phrase God told me, if you come, right, and this happened just a few months back. We are dealing with somebody, me and Deepa were sitting, this person is talking to us, and they are making a big decision. Big decision about their life. Big decision. Right? Crazy big decision. I'm telling you, I'm gonna give you a little detail, right? I'm not gonna tell you the full story, right? You don't know the person. They, they, they feel like God wants this person to marry this person who they met once but is now living in a different country. They, they don't know this person. this person They don't know this person. They, but and I'm like me and Deepa are like, God told me to marry this person. The moment you use God told me nobody can help you think i can tell no but god didn't tell you can i say <laughs> you, you see the danger of that phrase you see the danger of that phrase be very dumb. the way you can shut down god's counsel in your life is to tell others god told me the moment you say god told me even the wisest counsel that can come to you is shut down so my young friend in india we use this phrase a lot and i'm gonna humbly ask you humbly ask you i hope you understand what I mean, yes, God speaks to us, yet God guides us, but never assume or presume that God told you, right? When it is contrary to everybody around you. Be very careful. So, how do you know you're walking in His will? You seek God in prayer, you read His word to discern your heart, and you're humble to ask and receive counsel. You're humble to ask and receive counsel. So, you're asking me, right? I know you're, who do I ask, Ramza? Here you are know, five kinds of people quickly, right? First one, people you want to imitate in life. And I'm talking about people who love Jesus, who are in a spiritual relation with Jesus, who love God, who want to honor God. And that's the kind of people you can ask people in your workplace and all these things, all that's fine. But I'm talking about a very specific sense of people, right? People who love Jesus. People who want to imitate, right? You want to ask counsel about relationships and marriage. You ask somebody who's got a healthy marriage and you want to imitate the marriage you want to ask about something about work you ask somebody who's uh, who's got a good career and who's stable and who's working hard who's generous and who's kind and who treats people well you are you want to imitate them and you ask counsel from people like that you ask counsel from people you want to imitate in the situations that you're thinking about second kind of people you ask people from a different season of life yes i know friends friends advice and god speaks to us through friends right they love jesus and they want to honor jesus God speaks to us through a friend but Generally, ask counsel from people who are in a different season. And I mean different season. they're probably older than you. right? If you're, if you're single, ask a married couple. If you're married, maybe ask somebody with children. If, you, if I have young children, I will ask counsel from somebody who's got older children. Right? Ask counsel from people in a different season of life. Thirdly, ask somebody who's got nothing to lose. You're talking? Sometimes parents are good. But parents have everything to lose. <laughs> if you make a stupid decision, they want, they want to make, make sure you... Ma- ask somebody who has nothing to lose, who can actually tell you honestly. Right? They're not afraid of you. They, they don't have to mince words. They can tell you directly. Bro, this is stupid. Right? Somebody can tell you that. Right? Ask somebody who's got nothing to lose. Fourthly, this is the way I would put it. Right? Ask somebody, and I've said insider, outsider. Uh, what, what I mean is, ask somebody who knows you. Ask somebody who may not know you too love. Right? There's advantages and disadvantages, both. Right, Keep that in mind. Right? Sometimes it's good to ask somebody who's not too invested in your life too. Fifthly, ask more than one person. Okay, Ask more than one person. You driving me? Right, I told you you have to take notes. Why? Because you're like, what did he say about the second caution? What was the third? He's like, 20 points today. What, Ranjit, what is this? Please stick to one passage, Ranjit. Yeah, I know. This is a topical. I, This is the way it is. Right. How do you decide? When you pray and when you read his word and you obey his word and you ask for counsel, you discern and you decide. That's it. There's nothing else. You pray, you read his word, you align your heart to his word, you seek him in prayer, you ask for godly counsel and you decide. And you trust that God is in control of you. Even when things seem to roll out in a different way, even when things are getting chaotic, God is in control. This is how you discern his will. And my friend, I want you to track you back to the greatest person who sought God's will in scripture, that is Jesus himself. And I want you to understand something, right? When he was in Gethsemane, when he is facing the cross, or he is facing the the most difficult, the greatest difficult of, of humanity. And he's facing this decision. He's facing the weight of sin. He's not afraid of the cross. We think he's afraid of the cross. They crucified Peter upside down and he was willing to die. You think Jesus is afraid of the cross. Oh my friend, there's something else going on. Jesus is facing the weight of the sin of the world upon him. He is facing the wrath of God. And even Jesus trembles before the wrath of God. Jesus knows that he's going to be abandoned from eternity. He has this union with God the Father. And it's going to be broken in an instant because of our sin and foolishness. And he's in Gethsemane. And he sweats blood and he's praying and he's crying out. And he's saying, is there another way? Is there another way? Is there another way? But he says, not my will, but let your will be done. My friend, right there we see something about the beauty of submitting to God's will, even if it means suffering for your life. We see trusting in the sovereign will of God, even when you think this is the worst possible case for you. Oh, my friend, even it means suffering. The future means suffering and trial. But you submit, you trust. It is because Jesus trusted God in a in that kind of a way. It is because Jesus submitted to the will of God in that kind of a way that you and I can enjoy a relationship My friend, today, today it is because Jesus died on the cross to secure your future. Jesus says, would you trust me with your decisions? Would you submit? Or would you be humble? Would you ask? Would you ask that God would guide you? Would you learn to trust and submit and dishonest will? Maybe there is sin. or Maybe there is selfishness. Maybe there is ego. Maybe all these things are in your heart. Do not ignore. My friend, would you come to him and say, God, as I'm praying, as I'm reading your word, show me my heart. Show me my heart. And would you say, show me counsel from your people. And Lord, help me to discern You. Father, this morning we've talked a lot, but we want to submit a heart before you. Father, this morning we want to quieten our hearts. We want to quieten our hearts. We want to quieten our minds and we want to come before you. Maybe some of us are facing difficult decisions. Maybe some of us are facing consequences because of our decisions. Maybe some of us are afraid of the future. Maybe some of us are frustrated by the present. Father, we want to come into your presence. Help us. Help us, Lord. Help us to trust you. Help us to seek your word. Help us to make in a posture of humility to ask for counsel. Help me, Lord. Help me. Help me. Give me a ear that will listen. Oh, give me a heart that will listen. Give me a heart that will be teachable. Oh, I pray that I will never be wise in my own eyes. I will never come to a point where I think I know everything and I, I'm doing the right. I will never come to I will always be humble before you. And when things go difficult, when things end up the way I don't want it to end up, and things don't go according to plan, then I will not question you. But I will trust you. I will trust you because you have ordained these things in my life. I can stare at a future. They have to make all these decisions in their life. May they be confident in you. May they be clear when they make decisions. Give them the grace. In Jesus' name I pray. Thank you.